Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Car, deep drop. Going to go deep down the field, down the middle, battle for it. Battle down inside the five. And he got it. He got it. They were waiting to see, and it was Ruggs going deep, and he caught it, hung on to it. It's first down and goal. I think more for, like, I don't know, the, the organization as a whole, you know. For us, like, in the locker room, it's just, I know it sounds funny, but, like, I've been saying compartmentalize, you know, things. You know, putting the two separate, we have a job to do. Um, if anything, it heightened our intensity. It heightened our focus. It heightened our, our like I said, it brought us closer. Um, but the win is the win, you know, for our organization. I'm sure it feels different for some people, you know, it's probably ranks high up there. That was Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback yesterday uh, in Denver, a jubilant Derek Carr and many others uh, on the Raiders. That was a big win, obviously, no question about it. Uh, the Raiders Bouncing back from, uh, I wrote this in the Las Vegas Review Journal. I cover the Raiders uh, for the Re- Review Journal. Obviously, I'm Vinny Bonsignor. You're in the huddle with, uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Radio Nation Radio, 920 AM. But I wrote uh, in my game story yesterday that ran today, um, this is one of the most turbulent weeks in Raiders franchise history. And that's saying a lot because the Raiders have been through quite a bit uh, over their history. Uh, a lot of it good, um, but like any franchise, any organization, there's going to be drama um, if you're, you know, <laughs> around a little while. And the Raiders obviously have been around a while. There's always going to there's going to be some drama that happens. There's going to be adversity uh, that hits. There's going to be things that happen where, um, you know, you have to really test your resolve. You have to really dig deep or, or as Derek Carr talked about. You have to have, you know, uh, heightened awareness and just dig in a little bit deeper and then come together as a team. And without question, that's exactly what we saw the Raiders do yesterday. Um, Welcome to the show, by the way. Uh, Just landed, literally, uh, maybe about a half hour ago uh, from Denver uh, after the big win yesterday, a big weekend uh, for the Raiders. But I can't say that I'm surprised. I guess... What I am surprised about was in covering this team now for the length of time that I have, and then also talking to a lot of people uh, yesterday that have either covered the team or uh, are within the organization, uh, including Mark Davis, the owner, who I ran into after the game outside the Raiders locker room, uh, had a a chance to talk to uh, Mark um, about everything that's going on, and I'll I'll talk about that as well uh, on the show today, but I guess the only thing that I'm surprised about is the Raiders didn't just rally around themselves and, you know, new uh, head coach uh, Rich Bisaccia um, and and kind of follow the lead of their leaders, Derek Carr, Unique Ngakwe, Max Crosby, uh, K.J. Wright, Casey Hayward, Josh Jacobs, Alec Ingold, uh, the players that are known leaders in that locker room. They didn't just rally around them or Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, or um, Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, or obviously Rich, uh, the new head coach. Um, They didn't just rally together and win a football game yesterday. I thought they played their best game that I've ever seen them play covering them. I mean, obviously, I've seen the Raiders win Super Bowls uh, back in the day. But I'm talking about recent history, okay, of when 
since I've covered this team and talking to Mark Davis, um, he re- he actually kind of pointed it out to me. Like that was one of the best performances he's seen in a long time. It was a complete effort. It was it was offensively, which getting off to the fast start. Um, we'll we'll play the sound a little bit later of Henry Rugg scoring a touchdown from Derek Carr. The sound we just heard uh, was a was a long another long throw that they had later on in the game, which was a spectacular catch, by the way, uh, by Henry Ruggs. Uh, they did it offensively. They did it just enough in the run game. They got their best performance from the offensive line. The defensive line was just on fire, uh, led by Max Crosby, who just had a monster football game. Um, but then also, you know, contributions from across the board along the defensive line. How about Corey Littleton coming up with 11 tackles? That dude's been a um, much better player this year. Denzel Perryman all over the place. Amik Robertson, or excuse me, not Amik. He didn't actually, he actually didn't play a good game. Uh, but Nate Hobbs, uh, you know, uh, showing up again. Trayvon Morg, who I just think he's getting better and better and better um, during his, as he's growing as a, as a rookie. Uh, this was a complete effort, a complete performance by the Raiders, and it couldn't come at a better time, given everything that they were dealing with, uh, with the you know sudden resignation of, of, of John Gruden, the controversy that led up to that, the controversy in the aftermath, everybody's you know calling out Mark Davis to speak about it and uh, wondering if the Raiders are going to you know pull a, a nosedive because of it, um, and the Raiders just basically said. No, that's that's not going to happen. You know, that's not going to happen. And I said last week, I didn't feel like what happened was going to be the cause of a nosedive. I, 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 I don't feel like this team is a, a, a mentally weak team. In fact, I think it's a mentally strong team. I really believe that. I know Q's been talking about it, um, you know, uh, since he kind of got into town and got a chance to watch uh, this team up close and personal the way, the way he has. There's just something about this team, and we've gone on and on and on about it. Um, you know, since OTAs and maybe even a little bit before that. uh, But, you know, these are the moments where what we were talking about in terms of the character and the professionalism and the resolve and the leadership, um, guys that do it the right way, guys that approach it the the right way, um, you know, guys that are, are about the right things. This is the moment. These are the moments where that, becomes super, super important. What happened to the Raiders last week? I mean, I don't know. You know, I've been following sports for a long time. I've been following the NFL for a long time. It was unprecedented in a lot of ways uh, to have your coach just abruptly uh, taken away from you in the manner that John Gruden was taken away from the Raiders. And I know it was his his own undoing. By the way, I got a chance to uh, exchange some texts yesterday with with John Gruden. I'll get into that in a little bit. But that rarely things like that don't happen, especially to a good team. All of a sudden, your coach isn't here anymore. What the heck just happened? And and the manner in which it happened, causing headlines all over the world, frankly. Um, and you as a football team, you know, have to kind of uh, deal with that in the middle of a two game losing streak and having to win desperately to get it back on track. Um, for the Raiders to do what they did, I think, is a testament to what we've been talking about this entire offseason, and especially during OTAs and training camp, when you saw up close and personal what this team was all about, not just from a talent standpoint. That's obvious sometimes. And this is a much better team than we've seen in the past. 
but from a character standpoint. And <laughs> these are the moments where that gets tested. And the Raiders, at least for one week, passed it with flying colors. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation list line. Nick is on the line. How you doing, Nick? Good. How are you doing, Vinny? Doing really well, thanks. Good. Cool. Um, I kind of have a, a two-parter here. Um, obviously, really happy with the win coming uh, from the Broncos. Um, my first part is I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on the seems to be um, kind of a, a battle there with Amik Robertson and Brandon Faison. Uh, he played really well and kind of what you think uh, the Raiders need to do. Uh, obviously, I think we have two very winnable games coming up, um, getting some players back. How do we uh, stay on track? Yeah, uh, I think Brandon Faison uh, may have taken Amik Robinson's job uh, yesterday. Um, I, you know, the, 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 the Raiders are about winning right now. And, you know, I thought, I thought Amik has had some nice moments. Um, so far since having to kind of get pressed into duty uh, once Trayvon Mullen went down. Um, but Brandon came in yesterday uh, and, and, and held it down, like, in a, in, a, in a big way. And he's long and he's lean. Um, he's got, you know, he's, he's further ahead uh, in the development process than Amik right now. Um, you know, he's been in the league for four years. He understands Gus Bradley's uh, defense. He has a, an affiliation with, with, with Gus Bradley. Oh, by the way, you know, uh, credit to, to to Gus Bradley in a lot of ways, uh, but you look at this defense and how good it is, but also the connections to him of a lot of these newcomers, uh, Brandon, Damian Square, uh, who came in and did a, a, a nice job yesterday in, in, in kind of a rush duty, Unique Ngakwe, K, uh, KJ Wright, uh, um, Casey Hayward, who's playing just lights out football, as is Denzel Perryman. Um, and also the, the staff that he brought with him in, in Richard Smith, the linebackers coach, and uh, Ron Milas, the, the secondary coach. This defense um, held it down again yesterday. Yeah, they gave up an opening uh, drive, uh, drive TV, TD, but that was the last score they gave up until the third quarter. And by that time, the Raiders were up and out in front. <laughs> you know, uh, once they gave up that field goal, I think it made it 24-10, something along those lines. Uh, and the Raiders soon answered with another touchdown to go up 31-10. This defense is playing really solid complimentary football they're getting contributions from across the board it's just so many guys but yeah um you know uh i think i think there might be a changing in the guard over at cornerback and don't forget trayvon mullen you know with this bye week coming up after next week against the philadelphia eagles and we'll check in on um i didn't get a chance to uh uh to hear um you know uh, rich Pisaccia's uh um press conference today because i was i was in the air flying home from from denver but i'm going to go back to check the transcripts to see if he talked about you know where trayvon mullen might be because if the raiders can get him back healthy uh along with you know the depth that they've created now uh in that secondary uh it could set them up really really well for that second half of the season back out to the raider nation listener line raider 27 how you doing raider 27 hey Vinny. um great game yesterday man i I'm so excited to see the team play well in all phases of the game. It was a really clean game yesterday. Really proud of our offensive line. Everybody just stepped it up, you know. So I'm really, I'm really stoked about it. Um, Coach Biasaccia, um I like that guy. I mean, he he watches press conferences and he's he's just honest and real and. You don't get the feeling that he's just feeding you a line. He's like, oh, yeah, like, oh, you know what? I don't know the answer. Let me take a note. I'll get back to you with, the, with an answer on that. He's just like, you really get a feel for what's going on. And I know he can't tell fans a lot, but 
You know, I, I really like that guy. I hope the Raiders can maintain this. It's pretty normal for a team when they lose a head coach to go win the next game. Um, I remember how we all felt when Art Shell took over and the Raiders went to New York and beat the Jets. And uh, we had a little fall off after that, but the next year we were really good. So, um, yeah, I hope I hope this all we can figure out a way to keep this together. You know, a lot of these guys are on one-year contracts, and he's bringing in all the cast-offs from the Chargers, and they're playing really, really well. Kind of excited to see who he who he drafts. You know, I think he's really got a great eye for defensive talent, and um, I think. You know, I, I really hope we win a lot of games this year and uh, Coach Bisaccia gets to keep his job. Uh, and just let's just continue on what we're doing because I sure liked what I saw yesterday. Uh, thanks for the call, Raider 27. Yeah, we'll see where that all goes, um, you know, with, with the head coach. They're in a unique situation because, again, this coaching change – didn't happen as the result of the Raiders being a bad team. I 99.9% of the time, that's what happens. That's how coaching chains occur, especially in the middle of the season. And this wasn't even in the middle of the season. This was like, it was just getting started. And all of a sudden, no John Gruden. Um, and the team obviously was good in spite of the you know two-game losing streak. No shame in losing to the Chargers, uh, who kind of came back down to earth uh, yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens. And how big does that Baltimore Ravens win look like? Uh, for the Raiders right now, they 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 beat you know. So anyway, um, my my point is this is a good team, right? And uh, they had a lot of good things going for them at, at the time that John Gruden uh, resigned. The, what I really like about uh, Bisaccia and how this is all kind of playing out, we talked about this last week, and I think we saw it yesterday. It allowed, and there's the, the, it it allowed. Let me make my point first. It allowed. Um, Gus Bradley to just literally be the head coach of the defense. You know, I know Rich is going to check in on with Gus, um, but he respects Gus Bradley enough. He knows that Gus Bradley um, has a firm hand on on the defense and knows what he's doing over there. It allows Greg Olson to just be the head coach of the offense, you know, with obviously with help from, and in the case of Gus Bradley as well, obviously with help from your from your assistant coaches, uh, Tom Cable, um, the offensive line coach, uh, you know, under 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 Greg, uh, and then over on the defense, you know, you got Rod Marinelli on the defensive line, Richard Smith at linebacker coach, Ron Milas at secondary coach, among others. But it allows those guys, the Olson and Bradley, to preside over their team offense. And defense, and Rich is kind of the CEO, middleman kind of a guy. Obviously, he's running his show with the special teams. And by the way, spectacular day for the Raiders' special teams yesterday. Outside of Daniel Carlson missing a field goal, I don't know um, if it was just something that the Raiders saw on film yesterday, or maybe it's a preference of, of Rich Bisaccia that maybe he wasn't always allowed to express. Uh, under John Gruden, and you know that happens sometimes. The head coach has his um, vision, but if you noticed yesterday, the Raiders did not kick the ball uh, out of the uh, end zone, and Daniel Carlson, in that air <laughs> at that altitude, uh, could probably kick the darn ball from Denver to Boulder um, uh, in those situations. So it wasn't like he just wasn't feeling it yesterday. It was by design that the Raiders were kicking it short. And uh, luring the Broncos to return it. And I don't remember one time 
the Broncos getting to the 25-yard line, A, and many other times they got stopped short of the 20-yard line. It was just a fantastic day for the kick coverage team. Um, A.J. Cole had a tremendous day punting um, and kind of saved it a couple of times for, you know, being able to, to play the field, field position game. Uh, so, you know, Rich in charge of the special teams and kind of being that guy that timeouts and throwing the red flag and whether they go for it or not, you know, that sort of thing. He's got that under control with a lot of help that he's getting. Uh, but the setup right now is really good. Is it the long range plan for the Raiders? I don't know. Uh, I can't say that, you know, this is an attractive job. I really believe that in spite of what you're hearing, you know, across the national uh, airwaves and, and, you know, uh, writers, uh, you know, uh, nationally, I don't think they've quite grasped, and it's been this way, I think, pretty much all season, going all the way back to, to coming into this year uh, and in training camp. I don't think that the national people have a correct read on, on this Raiders team. And, you know, I've always said this. If the Raiders want to um, want love, they got to earn love. You know, they haven't been able to sustain any uh, measure of success recently. So people are going to look at them with a skeptical eye. And that's fine. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the way it is right now. Uh, but if they continue to win, they're going to change that narrative. And I, I haven't felt like, um, you know, sometimes the, the national guys and reporters are, are kind of missing it a little bit. And I think, frankly, that this is a really attractive job. There's a lot of money that's coming up under the salary cap last year uh, or next year. You got a good quarterback in Derek Carr. Um, you know, you've got a lot of weapons. Look, just look at yesterday. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Foster Moreau. Um, yeah, who wouldn't want to work with that if you're a head coach? And then, uh, you know, defensively, Max Crosby is a beast. Um, you've got some good veterans. You've got a guy like Trayvon Morag and Nate Hobbs. I think Trayvon Mullen uh, is going to be – this is a good job. And and uh, I think you're going to see people express interest. But if it's not broke, not, you know, no, not real necessary – uh, to try to fix it either. If this works with Rich being the head coach and kind of having his vision and allowing his assistant coaches uh, to really put their marks on their side of the ball, if that's working, if that's what gets it done, you might as well just stick with it. But we shall see. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line, Zulu Inland Empire. How you doing, Zulu? Hey, Vinny. I hope all is well. It's uh, it's cold out here in the in the Inland Empire, but I'm 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 pretty hot and pretty warmed up about um. Yesterday, uh, the Raiders more than anything they made me proud. I, I gotta say, I've seen, I've seen collapses. I've seen a lot of waste. Uh, I've seen just you know just moments, moments that not games, a whole drive, whole moments that were disappointing. And instead, I felt like the team put together four quarters that you know, like at the end of the season when they do the little clips and the videos and whatnot. This will be one of those moments where you say, I don't know how the rest, how I feel about the rest of the season, but that moment, that showed us the potential that this team, more than a Baltimore win, I felt like after all the adversity that they faced, this was the game that showed the potential for the team. Zulu, um, let me ask you something. Um, yeah. Take away the controversy, take away all the drama, all right? If you just watched that game yesterday and watched the Ra that Raiders football team, what is your primary takeaway of watching that team? Oh, that they can contend for the AFC West. I, I mean, that it was stunning. I, I, I don't mean I don't care about the you know I often don't care about the outcomes given the experiences that I've had you know over the decades. I care about you know drive to drive, 
uh, you know, bad panels. I care about, you know, what's the flow? What's, you know, what, what kind of play calling are we seeing? What kind of effort are we seeing? Are, 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 do guys know their assignments? Or are they messing? I, I felt like that game yesterday was a revelation. Uh, you saw a good game, football team, right? That's basically what you're saying. Excellent. It, it's, I mean, again, I, the Baltimore game, I felt like, you know, it's Monday night. You can tip your cap to uh, preparation and all that. But last, I mean, uh, last night, I felt like that team showed its potential. I don't think that, I mean, Baltimore certainly is a high bar. But yesterday, I saw a team, just like when the Packers beat up on the Bears uh, uh, the other day. You look at the Packers, you say, oh, no, that's a team that's going to be in the playoffs. They're, they're in the right. hunt. That radio team yesterday, I looked at it, I was like, I'm, I'm, I know these players. I, I, I recognize their growth, but there's something else that I see. And I, I, I'm afraid to say it out loud, but like when I think about the rest of the division and looking at them, I'm like, you know, if we mess around and sweep Denver and if we can split the Chargers, I have, there's no reason to think we can't win the West. Um, yeah, and 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 Zulu, I really appreciate the call. Uh, I got to take a break here in just a second, but here's the thing: I think we've seen enough. You know, it's six games in, right? You're starting to see a trend. Max Crosby is playing a, just straight out dominant football right now. Yannick Ngakwe is a hell of a football player. Him coming off the ball, just watch 91 uh, get off the ball. I know he hasn't gotten the big sack numbers, but he's causing a lot of disruption on that defensive line. Corey Littleton's playing really damn good football right now. Denzel Perryman, he's been a revelation. Uh, Corey, uh, uh, Casey Hayward has been arguably the be- one of the best cornerbacks in the AFC. There's a guy over in Dallas right now that you just have to tip your cap to. Trayvon Morig, every single game has gotten better. Uh, Nate Hobbs, he, he doesn't look like a rookie to me. So we're starting to see a consistent uh, performance from a bunch of different guys. It's no longer a surprise, really, is what I'm saying. You count now on those guys being able to play good, solid football because they have week in and week out. Um, and then Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards and, and Darren Waller and, and Hunter Renfro. Uh, if that run game could get a little bit more on track, that just makes that offense that much better. And Derek Carr, obviously, um, has been playing really big, good football. So it's not like, oh, well, you know, where's that been? No, it's been there all year long, short of some hiccups uh, along the way. And I, I almost want to write off the Chicago Bears game. Something was going on in that game where I think everything just happened so quickly uh, for the Raiders that it was just a little bit too much to handle there. But I think they're back on track. I think they found themselves. And I kind of wrote about that uh, in, in the review journal today. I think they found themselves. And yeah, they're not going to win every game uh, from here on out. But I think that they found a baseline that they know that that's the, the, the that, that's where they should be, game in and game out. And I don't see any reason, to be honest with you, why they don't um, you know measure up to that baseline week in and week out. We're going to go out to my guy, uh, Q Myers, who is hanging out at the Oyo, uh, uh, having a great time over there, his spot on Mondays. Q, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. We're at the Underground Lounge here inside the Oyo, like you mentioned. And, man, Monday Night Football is going to go down in a major way. The Buffalo Bills, really good team, man. They look really yes. good. Uh, hosting or playing against the Tennessee Titans, which also could be a very good team. So this could be a potential playoff-type game. And uh, we're getting ready for the best seat in the house. We're getting uh, the drink specials are flowing. 
flowing. The food specials are flowing. Uh, just came, uh, I see a, a Tito's and water just arrived at the table. It looks really good. My man Jess huh. is out here. So come on uh, out here and hang out with us, man. We got the drink specials and the food specials and some great Monday Night Football action. Do you got one second? Yep. When you, you know, I just asked uh, Zulu this uh, question, uh, my last caller. Watching that football game, take away the controversy, the drama, we all know about that. But what was your one takeaway from watching that Raiders team? You know, I thought they played their, their most complete game, obviously, of the season. I thought that they went out and they got off the bus with a purpose. You know what I mean? I felt like that they really wanted to put their will on the Denver Broncos for whatever reason. If it's uh, because everything that was going on leading up to the game, if it was just like the, hey, we're going to put together our best game because we know that we haven't played our best game, whatever the, the reasoning was behind it, they went out there and they dominated the game. And I don't think that 34-24 score did it any justice. No, neither do I. Uh, I just, you know, to me, they're a good football team. And yep. uh, I'm not surprised anymore, uh, uh, right. Q, uh, especially looking at those defensive players. Week in and week out, guys are just rising to the challenge and playing really good, solid football. It's kind of a shock because we haven't seen it from, from the Raiders in a while. Uh, but um, it's no longer a surprise uh, at this point. There's just too many good defensive players on that team. And credit Mike Mayock, credit uh, Gus Bradley and his staff for coming up with some real gems that have made a huge difference. Even some low-key guys like Damian Square, yeah. um, you know, guys like that that have that have provided tremendous depth. Uh, but uh, we'll be t we'll be checking in with you uh, a couple times the rest of the show. Enjoy yourself and enjoy the game, brother. Absolutely appreciate you, man. Glad you made it back okay, and uh, keep doing oh, yeah. what you do. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Interact with the show. Text Vinny at six nine one eight seven or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is in the huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty a.m. Um, you know, Coach Basachi has been incredible. You know, my whole time in for the Raiders. You know, he uh, he took me under his wing. You know, since I got there. You know, if I if I needed literally anything like. Talking about life, talking about football, talking about you know anything. He uh, he was always there for me, so um, I can't say enough good things about him. You know, I'm just happy we got the win for him. Um, we just we just got to go next week and, and be Philly. That's Max Crosby, uh, the Raiders' defensive end, who just put together a. There's no other way to describe it. He had a spectacular game yesterday. As did a whole bunch of guys uh, on on the Raiders' defense. I thought it was a really good game plan. Uh, that Gus Bradley uh, drew up to deal with Teddy Bridgewater uh, and the Denver Broncos offense. That they, ex I thought they executed it. Um, you know, it wasn't flawless, but um, it was pretty darned uh, sound. And um, you know, you're starting to get to the point now where you expect that from the Raiders' defense, and rightfully so. They're a good defense um, that are giving you the fans reason to believe. Um, it's not smoke and mirrors. Uh, it's not hocus pocus and hope for the best and keep your fingers crossed that, you know, this area of the defense uh, doesn't get exploited. When you look at this Raiders defense at all three levels, it's pretty darn good. Um, you know, it's not, we, and, and we said this all along, doesn't have to be the 1985 Chicago Bears defense or, you know, one of the most dominant defenses in, ever. Uh, but they just need to be capable and efficient and, um, you know, provide good complementary football. And that's exactly what they're doing. I counted it up today. Um, the Raiders defensive line, just the defensive line, has 15 sacks this year. 15 or maybe even 15. Yeah, it's 15 sacks. 
they had 16 sacks as a unit last year combined for the entire season. Remember during the offseason, or maybe it was training camp, and we started counting them up? Just looking at the Raiders' defense and saying, if guys just do what they're capable of doing, didn't need anybody and, and certainly didn't account for anybody having some crazy year that you that they've never uh, produced before and just expecting way too much from guys. But if you just looked at who the Raiders brought in from Darius Phylon to Solomon Thomas to, you know, Max Crosby and, and Clee Farrell and Yannick Ngakwe um, and Solomon Thomas, um, or excuse me, uh, uh, Quentin Jefferson and Jonathan Hankins, if you just looked at them and looked at what they've done in the past, it was pretty easy to start adding it all up based on past history and say, there's no reason why this defensive line can't double what last year's defensive line did in terms of the sacks. None. Like, And that was just trying to be almost bare minimum with all these guys. And again, not trying to push it too far and saying, oh, um, you know, uh, Solomon Thomas is going to have 11 sacks this year. Solomon Thomas has never had 11 sacks <laughs> during the course of a season. And to expect him to do it um, would be presumptuous and, and just not, you know, not fair. But if, if, if Solomon Thomas can give four to five sacks and this guy does that and that guy does what he normally does and that guy does what he normally does, yeah, you can start getting into the 30s pretty darn quickly. The Raiders have 15 sacks after 16 games on the defensive line. That adds up pretty quick uh, when you start projecting it forward over the course of 17 games. And I think that what the Raiders are doing on the on the defensive line really helps set a tone for everything that they're doing. But as Max Crosby talked about yesterday and what was so promising about yesterday's game, which I thought was the, the Raiders' most complete game of the year by far, um, and one of the most complete – it was, for me – it was the most complete game that I've seen the Raiders play since I've started covering them, um, without question. And so when you get the kind of pressure that the Raiders are, I think we counted 17 quarterback hits yesterday. 17 quarterback hits. They were getting on Teddy Bridgewater yesterday. And they've been getting on dudes all year long. They don't always get the sack numbers. And, you know, sometimes that comes and goes, as uh, Max Crosby alluded to. You know, they come in bunches, so you get hot a little bit. I asked Max yesterday, did you, you know, in a, in a game like that, do you feel it kind of early? Like, hey, this might be one of those kind of days. Um, I don't know if you necessarily feel like that, but all of a sudden, you know, when you start getting into a groove and guys are working in unison and it does take um, teamwork along that defensive line, you know, for, for everyone to be able to produce, it just starts clicking, and it certainly clicked yesterday. But then you start thinking about, Okay, well, you know, but hmm, how are they going to be at linebacker? They've been really strong at linebacker. Denzel Perryman is playing great football. Imagine, imagine, think about that pickup, that trade. It, and it all was precipitated by an injury, two injuries, really, Nicholas Morrow and Javin White. And, you know, I know I was like coming into this season, huh, that linebacker crew, when you start talking about, you know, the starters, Nicholas Morrow, Corey Littleton, Nick Wachowski, um, and then behind them, hmm, Tanner Muse, Divine Diablo, 
Javin White. I mean, there's no question all three of those players have promise, but none of them had done anything at the NFL level. I mean, Javin White played a little bit last year, but most of his snaps were special teams. So they were vulnerable at that position. And all of a sudden, Nicholas Morrow and Javin White go down, and you're thinking, what the heck are the Raiders going to do? Well, bang, in the matter of just days, maybe a week or so, here comes Denzel Perryman in a shrewd, shrewd, shrewd trade uh, with the Carolina Panthers to bring in, you know, a really good, solid middle linebacker at the NFL level. And then K.J. Wright, just before the start of the regular season, you bring him him in. And, you know, K.J. hasn't had um, a, a huge impact, but he's his presence is felt when he is out there in the locker room and game planning, all that sort of thing. He brings a lot of wisdom. Um, but also, when Corey Littleton's playing at the level he's playing, I don't know how he's grading. I have to check it out with Pro Football Focus. Um, but I do know that watching him play, he's been tackling well. Um, he's been defending the pass reasonably well. He had a, uh, a pass breakup yesterday. Um, he just looks much more calm, uh, much more engaged. Um, he needs, he's where he needs to be last year. That just was rarely the case. So it's working out for, for Corey. Um, and then you go to the secondary. Casey Hayward playing as well as any cornerback in the league. Trayvon Morrig, who's playing really good sound football. Jonathan Abram um, comes up with an interception yesterday. Has been really good in the in, in run support, decent decent enough in pass coverage. It's not his strength. You can't ask guys to be good at things that they're not that strong at. You got to figure out a way to still um, you know get him on the field and put him in positions to succeed and try to mitigate uh, the weaknesses. But you start looking at this defense and you're like, wow, uh, it's not bad. And as Q said, that 34-24 that uh, score didn't do this game justice. Um, this was The Raiders were in control for a long time in that game. You know, it got a little skewed uh, at the end. That happens sometimes. Um, but they were in control. And a lot of the reason for that was uh, the defense was playing very well and gave the offense plenty of chances to get going. And how about that offense? First time in 12 games uh, that the offense scored a touchdown on the opening drive, that was like I, a weight was lifted off the Raiders' shoulders. And all it really took was, first of all, they played efficiently. No penalties, no shooting themselves in the foot. That has been a huge issue uh, in first drives uh, this year. Um, then you've got um, you know, uh, or just enough of a run game. Um, they had just enough of a run game where they were getting some push uh, and, and and forcing the Broncos to honor it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the long ball to Henry Ruggs, which is the Raiders have been dialing up that quite a bit this year, and it's working. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. L Dog is on the line. How you doing, L? I'm doing great, Vinny. How you doing? Doing uh, good, doing uh, good. Raider, good, good. Raider Nation for life, number one. I got just a couple things I just wanted to touch on because you asked Zulu a question uh, and before your break about with everything aside, what did I see on Sunday? I saw a pretty darn good football team playing football. And yeah. it, it, it's been a long, long time since I've been watching, you know, Raider football my entire life. But it's been a long time since I've been able to look at it and go, we got a pretty good football team. And that defense has, is just, it's, it's getting better and better each week. And the, 
the amount of pressure that they're able to apply on the opposing quarterbacks is is fun to watch because they're doing it primarily with four down linemen. And if we look back over the years, the good defenses that go deep into the playoffs are are able to get pressure with four down linemen, which allows you to put seven in coverage. And uh, one of the first games in a long time, too, that it seemed as though the handcuffs were taken off the offense. And they weren't they weren't doing things that we all at home would do. Oh, it's fourth and one. They're going to put in Jacobs in I formation and give it to him. We ran a screen yesterday that went for 25 yards. And I can't remember the last time the Raiders ran a screen. But it was pretty darn successful. And I think this offense kind of opening the playbook up, it feels like a little bit more or a lot more is going to be super exciting to watch. And that defense is just, we got a, a top-notch defense, and they keep going the way they're going. It's going to be a lot of fun, and there's going to be a lot of haters out there, and we love it because we're the Raider Nation. <laughs> yeah, uh, I appreciate appreciate the call, L-Dog. Uh, when the Raiders dialed up that screen pass, I almost, almost, almost uh, went over to uh, the booth, the, the Raiders radio booth, to uh, to just to, to see what Lincoln Kennedy's reaction was because Lincoln Kennedy has been on a soapbox for since we've started working together last year about why don't the Raiders run a screen game, more of a screen game. And it worked to perfection yesterday. What was it, 29 yards, I think it was. It was definitely 20-plus. Um, it was dialed up at the right time. It was well executed. Oh, oh by the way, since we're talking about that, uh, shout out to the offensive line. Um, you know, Alex Leatherwood had by far his his best uh, pass block grade day by Pro Football Focus. It was in the, seven, the 60s, I should say. Um, the arrow could be pointing up now uh, in that regard. It's still not a great number, but it's not an awful number. He'd been playing awful in terms of uh, pass blocking uh, the first five weeks of the season. Uh, he was more than um, respectable uh, yesterday, and it made a huge difference. Uh, I thought that he and Brandon Parker were really getting after it uh, in run blocking. And, uh, and and Alex was in the 60s uh, as a run block grade yesterday. Uh, they were opening up holes. It still wasn't great, but it was a, definitely a step in the right direction. And, um, you know, it's, we, we talked about this last week. I think that the best thing that the Raiders can do right now is just stick with this group right now. Brandon Parker on the right, at right tackle. Alex Leatherwood at right guard. Andre James, uh, John Simpson. You know, and Colton Miller, and just give it some time to be able to gel and uh, develop some chemistry and develop some time together. That I think that's the only that's really the best tonic for what's going on in the offensive line. And you saw yesterday, you know, two weeks into the experiment of having Alex Leatherwood at right guard and um, Brandon Parker at right tackle, you saw that it looked just. Uh, much, much better than it did against Chicago. Now, granted, um, you know, the Chicago defensive line, uh, is it might be a little bit better than the Denver Broncos, but the Denver Broncos, that's no slouch over there either. So it was against a pretty good... I mean, the Denver Broncos defense has been good. Um, it's a defensive-minded team with Vic Fangio, a defensive-minded head coach uh, that run a, you know, very sound, very efficient, um, you know, very multiple type of a type of a defense especially uh up on up on the front side and i thought the raiders defense or offensive line 
without question played his best game of the season and it just shows you that if they can continue to build off that or continue to get production from that offensive line it just makes the whole operation so much easier there was some run uh, effect that went with it um you know josh jacobs uh you know had some nice runs kenyon drake uh, had some nice runs obviously kenyon drake on the great wheel route uh for the touchdown Derek carr had more time to to throw two big throws to to henry ruggs it just makes the operation uh so much more smooth and it showed and if that's again we talk about baselines and creating a baseline you can't deviate from that if that's the best that the raiders offensive line can do then there's no reason that they do any worse than that and i think you create that baseline and keep building 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 forward uh to a point where as we talked about last week it becomes it doesn't have to be a strength but no more of a weakness because it was a weakness you're in the huddle with vinnie bonson brought to you by tequila Avatar raider nation radio 9 20 a.m on a monday You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Bridgewater from the gun on third down. Going to fire deep towards Sutton, and it's intercepted. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Merrick, the center fielder, back to the 30, back to the 40, back to the 45, back into Bronco territory at the 45-yard line. And... The rookie, Trayvon Morick from TCU, turns the lights out. And the Orange Crush heads for the exits here in Mile High. What a performance by the Raiders. Um, you know, just doing our job. You know, I feel like the rush and the, and the coverage, Matt, you know, we, we married it up. And uh, we consistently got out to the quarterback from the start of the game. So um, once we knocked out the run, they, we knew they had to pass. So just staying consistent, rushing, and staying on edges. Um, it helps the guys in the back end, and the guys in the back end have done an amazing job. You know, John Abram, uh, Nate Hobbs, Casey Hayward, you know, obviously Trayvon Mullen, all these guys who stepped up. And uh, face on today, he got a pick too. So like, it just shows like Coach Bradley, the way he can lead a group of men is is incredible. You know, um, it's it's truly special, and I feel like we just we just have a great group of guys in this locker room. Yeah, that's Max Crosby uh, talking yesterday in Denver uh, about how the defensive line is playing, but also that secondary uh, is playing uh, the interception uh, by Trayvon Morig, uh, the rookie from TCU, the rookie safety. By the way, when when that happened, um, Mike Mayock was uh, in the press box yesterday watching the game right above us. Um, uh, so, you know, um, we could basically hear what he was saying and things like that. I'm not going to get into all that, uh, but it was interesting. The general manager of the Raiders was was just sitting right uh, above us. And uh, when Trevon made that interception uh, and he starts taking off down the field, um, you could see Mike's anxiety, and here's Mike's anxiety uh, growing with each step that he took. Because I think he just wanted to get down, don't get hurt, <laughs> was was basically uh, where he was coming from. We all kind of looked at him, and because you're not supposed to cheer, you're not supposed to say anything in the in the press box, and he certainly didn't go overboard or anything like that. But we all, you know, looked back up to him. He's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, guys." We're like, you know, you get a mulligan on that one. We understood where he was coming from. Don't get hurt. Don't cough up the football. Just you know what. <laughs> Stop running and uh, take the, you know take the interception, get the new set of downs for the for the offense. So uh, kind of a little funny exchange in there, but you know uh, talking about Trayvon Mark, uh, talking about uh, Casey Hayward and Nate Hobbs and all these um, 
you know, uh, defensive gems that are kind of emerging right now for the Raiders. Um, and it's, I think we're far enough into the season where barring any kind of an injury or anything like that, this is what you're going to get from this Raiders defense. There's a bunch of ball hawks. There's a bunch of ballers uh, on the defensive side of the football now. And, um, and I think they're very well coached as well. Uh, you have to give Mike Mayock some credit here because uh, whether it was working in conjunction with Gus Bradley and Milas and Smith and and, and Marin, uh, Marinelli in terms of the direction that they wanted to go as far as player acquisitions uh, through free agency and through the draft, um, the Raiders had a pretty good offseason. And, you know, that offseason extended into training camp uh, and just in the nick of the time, uh, for that matter, you know, when you're talking about bringing in um, – you know, uh, Denzel Perryman and, and, uh, and, and KJ Wright. Uh, but most of that work was done, you know, between the months of April, March and April, uh, and a little bit further on, uh, you know, like a Casey Hayward came on and I, I want to say June, maybe late March. Uh, but you got to give those guys a lot of credit Mike Mack in particular, because, um, there were holes on that defense and we all know, um, uh, what those holes were uh, last year. You know, they weren't able to generate a pass rush. The linebackers, um, whether it was scheme, um, talent, whatever the case might be, um, weren't dependable. You know, and the secondary, frankly, was uh, a disaster. Some of it was, again, talent, and the Raiders certainly addressed that with the names that we've already been talking about today uh, and the, the additions that they made uh, on defense through free agency and through the draft. And in the case of Denzel Perryman, a trade um, in conjunction with what I feel is astoundingly better coaching. Everything from the messaging, the communication, the teaching, the vibe, the positivity, uh, all of that um, is just so much better than it was last year. And we can, literally talk about that uh with some level of um you know uh, uh insight because we were there during practices and saw that during training camp the communication and the passion and the excitement and the enthusiasm and all of that it was evident uh from that coaching staff right down to the players uh, and now you're starting to see it really in a big way uh, out on the field we're gonna go out to the Raider Nation listener line Mitch is in New Jersey how you doing Mitch how's everything guys Good to be a type first. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I would say Brain Edwards looked good too. He had a couple of good, good catches. And some of the times, did he get a lot of playing time? Is he hurt? And Who's that? Solomon Thomas. Yeah. So, uh, what about Solomon? Did he get a lot of playing time, or was just too many guys in rotation? Solomon Thomas had a good game yesterday. Yeah, no, he's been he's been playing well. Um, the whole defensive line. I mean, Solomon Thomas had a heck of a hustle play to cause the fumble uh, on Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and and you know the, what's what's really good about this defensive line is is there's so many good defensive linemen, and I'm not saying that they're great and they're all pros and Hall of Famers or anything like that, um, but they're all good, solid football players, and everyone that they've brought in thus far has contributed. And, yeah, and you know, I, go ahead. No, 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 no. And we didn't, McCoy, we lost McCoy for, for the whole year, and uh, we're still waiting for uh, Cleo Farrell to uh, uh, get, in, you know, get into the business of being a good football player, wanting to be yeah. a good game out there and all that. And just, 
you can't wait. But it was great to see um, all those sacks and stops. Right. It was a pretty I good offense th- in Denver. Okay, and I'll 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 take it off air. Thanks a lot for the call. Uh, all right, you got it, brother. Um, I thought I thought Klee played a um, decent game in his in his plays uh, yesterday. Here's the thing with uh, that that's you know uh, problematic for Klee, but a good problem for the Raiders. There's just so many good defensive linemen that playing time uh, is at a premium, and you know uh, John Gruden talked about this to start training camp. He's going to have to fight for playing time, and right now between you know, what Carl Nassib is doing, um, you know, and, and what the starters are doing. Clee Farrell's playing time, um, I think he had 15, 16 plays yesterday. Um, so he's got to fight for his time. When he was out there, and I'm going to check um, when I get a chance, uh, what his grade was yesterday. I thought he played pretty well yesterday when he was in there. Um, but he's it, the, the playing time, the snaps. Uh, are, are kind of hard to come by for him. So he's just got to make the most of his opportunity, you know, when he's in there. But I, I'm just kind of recalling what I was watching from the press box yesterday. I thought he was getting a nice push. Um, he was uh, in on a couple of tackles. Uh, it, was, it wasn't a lot of playing time, so you got to take that into account. But look, whoever the Raiders put out there um, right now on the defensive line, they're all uh, playing pretty darn well and so he's just gonna have to continue to to fight for his time um and when his time gets when 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 his number gets called try to produce as much as possible he was a uh yesterday run defense was 61.1 by pro football focus tackling was 69.2 pass rush was 50.9 that's not good so uh he's gotta he's gotta fight for his time and and you know what the train doesn't stop for anybody. Uh, Clee Farrell kind of is what he is right now. Uh, and right now it's not an issue because the Raiders are just getting so much contribution from Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe, um, and, and Carl Nassib as the as that swing defensive end with Clee Farrell playing a little bit here and there. Uh, but then also the, the rest of that defensive line uh, on the interior doing its job. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're, if Raider Nation, you can wait for Clee Farrell uh, to turn out to be a really good player. But right now, um, it just seems like he's kind of in a holding pattern because other guys are just playing better football. And, uh, and that's a good thing for the Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Te- Tequila and Bahadur, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday.